Welcome to Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast where we talk about anything and everything family law related. Welcome to Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast with me, Alex, and my fellow family lawyer, Liza. Hello. Liza, I thought we would talk today about separating and staying sane, by which I mean getting things resolved without going to court. So, you and your partner, things haven't worked out, now what? Well, what do you do? What's the first thing that we might do? I'd, pr- I'd probably call my mum. Yeah. That's the first thing I'd do. I, I'd, I'd call a friend or, or a yep. brother or a sister or something for I'd, sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd call, reach out. Yeah. So the very first step before you even think about lawyers and all that sort of stuff is get your village together. Possibly get, before you even separate it. I mean, it's more likely than well, not, isn't yeah, it? That you're going to be talking to your friends, your family. And I'd probably ring my bestie, Stace, and she would be up here in, in no time and we'd be on the wines and having a chat and working out a bit of a plan. So that's 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 what I'd be doing. Start to put your village together. Yeah, yeah. that's we, right. We'll we'll keep using that expression over this episode and the next one as well because yeah. it, that village is super important when you're going through these processes. And we're not talking about the YMCA. We're, we're not. We could. There could mm. be a song. There'll be a video to watch out for that later, but not this afternoon. So, family, friends, and I would throw into that mix the professionals yeah. in your life as well. That'll be the next step. So after you've spoken about it with your friends and family you've and you've worked out that's what, that that's it's what really you're actually going to do. You're going to do it. You've been I'd talking probably about go it for a long time. And talk to my accountant, make sure like just see mm. what's what to do. I talk to a lawyer, I talk to my bank. Um they're probably the three main my starting points I'd yeah. probably go to if first. If I needed some you know, emotional support and you know Something a bit more you know, deep than you know than a than a pint in a pub with a mate. Yeah. I'd probably be thinking, you know, I might go to my doctor and get a referral. Yeah, just to get a psychologist, just have somebody I can talk to in a yep. safe space. Yeah, and we we don't live in the world that we used to live in, sort of twenty, thirty, forty years ago, when people are sort of frowned upon for that. It's really a it's a measure of strength to go and get the support you need. Yeah, so add those people to your village. Mm. It's n- there's no one sort of pattern fits all because no. everybody's so very unique. Yeah. Um, but your friends and your family are going to know about the separation sooner. That's right. And you, you want to have somebody on board and hopefully if it happens to you, and I hope that it doesn't happen to you, but if it does, then you're able to build a relationship with your ex so that you can work through the things you've got to work through legally together. Yeah. Well, I think um, that sort of segues into where I would go next, which is that coming up with that plan. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah. I mean, this could be a plan that we're going to scribble on a piece of paper. It could be done at the kitchen table. I've seen that plenty of times. Yeah, well, it happens. And sometimes it happens even before you've formally separated. You sort of sit there and you're still living together. You go, look, this isn't working. Um, Look, I think what we might do is we'll split it this way, we'll do it that way. You just sit down, you you jot down a few ideas. Sometimes those things can work. They really can. And if you are lucky enough to be able to have that difficult but, cordial kitchen table conference and you come up with a piece of paper and it's got you know you keep and, and they keep mm. a list you, you know you're 90 percent of the way to getting your you know, your case sorted out legally before uh, 
any anywhere approaching a court process. That's you, right. You really want to. We, we emphasise this a lot as family law practitioners. I mean, a lot of our work revolves in the before court space, mm. trying to encourage our clients to get things settled, do things amicably, because the emotional and the financial cost is can be overwhelming sometimes. Yep. Yeah. And it's always better for a person to be able to make their own decisions. We've now got, you know, that Coca-Cola's coming back, I it can is. tell. Yeah. It is. It's all good. <laughs> so if you do end up with that sort of little kitchen table agreement, you know, you can give that to your local family lawyer and they will be able to turn that into the formal documents that you need to say. That's, That's right. It. And if one of you wants to keep the house, for example, and the other one's going to buy you out, let's say, if you turn that kitchen table agreement into a, you know, a formal family court document like a consent order order or a financial financial agreement then you'll save having to pay stamp duty on the transfer which is worth you know thousands tens of thousands of dollars sometimes so make a little plan and turn Mm. that little plan into a formal arrangement and off you go into the wide blue yonder and even even if you have um been able to just narrow some of the issues you don't really know whether or not Mm. it might be you say look i really want to keep this house if we can um, and having those intentions and those interests shared at that early stage before things get really nasty, um, and you know, there are plenty of cases where it might already be nasty, but we're talking about those situations where you know, uh, parties are okay to have that chat with each other um, freely and, and easily, and it may be that um, you go, right, well, let's go off and we'll go and talk to a broker. Mm. There's also um, financial planners who can really help out there. So say, for example, um, a, a couple might have a range of different assets and they don't really know what to do. Mm. Um, and so there are plenty of financial planners out there, for example, who will sit down with a couple, even though they are separating, and say, well, here are your options. This is what you can both afford. He can afford to pay you out in the sum of X amount of dollars and, you know, transfer all these other things to you, um, she can afford to pay you or here's option C, which is, you, you know, have to sell everything up and divide it. Yeah. Like they don't get into the nitty-gritty about the um, family law, like when we talk about entitlements and no, what the percentage no, actually no works out just to a, be. just an arithmetical exercise That's right. based upon what can and, and can't be seeing what your options are products, because yeah. sometimes people go – oh, I really, really want to keep the house. But they may not be able to afford to keep the house. So what is the point of going through that whole exercise of trying to keep the house and paying them um, out? Because if you keep the house, it usually means that you've got to pay them some money. Yeah, it's taking over the mortgage and And a chunk on top of that. So it's not just, oh, I keep the house, I'll take the mortgage. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, I've seen some cases where the mortgage is almost at the same value of the house. So taking the house and the mortgage doesn't mean... Yeah, means that they don't have to pay too much, but the point is, it's it's still um, you need to get proper advice on that. So yeah, totally. Always a wise move to do it earlier on when you're both agreeable. When you are trying to get to a quick accommodation, yeah. Yeah. So you are living together at this point, probably. Yep. yep. And we see this a lot <clears throat> in our universe of applying for divorces these days. It's not uncommon for couples to have been living together or separated, I should say, mm. under the same roof for quite a long time. Oh, because it's so expensive and it's really hard to get a rental. That's yeah, the, it's a that's very the, tight rental market. It is just, it's the practicalities. People want to leave. They they want to leave and go, but they have nowhere to go. Um, I have quite a few cases where parties are separated, living under the same roof. They can't really do anything until such time as they actually agree on 
on the actual uh, uh, pool and who's going to get what and how that's going what that's going to look like. Mm. And um, sometimes the banks or they they, they refinanciers won't yep. do anything till the orders are made or the, the nope, agreements that's are right. final. They so. need it. They a lot of them will actually want it to be something a little bit more concrete. Yeah, they want if it's a financial agreement. I've got one at the moment where the um, bank wants the financial agreement signed, not so much by my client, signed by the other party because they they're just not sure. Mm. So they're not releasing the funds until they won't. Well, you, know. you can kind of understand it from a bank's risk point of view. Yeah, but it does mean that people are sort of having to stay together under that one roof, and yeah. you know, those, you know, with a green tape dividing the house in half or whatever it is that they well, do. It's like anyone, anyone gets an idea in their head, and it always gets worse from that point on. So you, you know, you've you got it in your head, you can't stand that person anymore, and then every little thing that they do is going to drive you even more and more insane. So um, you see these things and um, I had a, a case once where, you know, there was wife would play music um, and it probably was fine. That that was probably okay when they were together. It probably annoyed him. ACDC at 2 it might be a little bit of a Yeah, but, but now that they're anytime. broken up, he's like, well, no, I actually don't like how she plays the music and all this sort of stuff and it's really affecting me and... and and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know. And so this is these are the sorts of things that happen all the time. So, and then it leads to more and more conflict. So the sooner that you can try and resolve it, yeah, and get I, out of there and I, physically I, separate, the better. I put in my little note when I was thinking about this. I mean, how long do you think you could se- you know, be separated under one roof? And I mean, I'll throw my head back into you know, the misty past when I was separating from somebody mm. who did separate and I was the person that decided I'm, I'm done with this, I'm, yep. I'm finished. And mentally I think I was separated under one roof for a number of months. Mm. Um, yeah, I, Jesus, I chose to sort of end everything on the day we got back from a holiday on purpose. Yes. <laughs> I can't take this anymore, no. I can't, can't resume, packed my bags, into, well packed my bags, packed everything into a black polythene bin bag and, and off I went. Mm. But... Enough of that. So well, that's what you that's what you packed though is what you need, isn't it? Yeah, at the and time. what you need is the thing. It's not what do you want, is it? Mm. Because you just as you were just saying, it'd be nice to keep the car. It'd be nice to keep yep. you know, the house. It'd be nice to keep 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 keep. Mm. But frankly, the other person's going to have an entitlement to some of that. So sit down with a sensible person. Yeah. And think, what do I actually need right now? Just for the short term, what do I need? Yep. I need somewhere to live. I need an income to be able to pay my bills. And if you've got kids, I need to be able to look after the kids. And I'm assuming that in the cases that we're talking about here, we're not talking about elements of harm or domestic violence or anything like that. We're just saying, look, the kids are going to need the other parent in their lives as well. So what does that, What does everybody need for the short term? Just make some short-term arrangements. And don't rely upon the things that other lives you know, happen around you. You know, you've... You've always got the next door neighbour or or the friend or the friend's friend or their brother or their cousin's neighbour's dog who've had this happen to them and therefore you should be entitled to insert random percentage of yeah. whatever here. Because everybody's cases are so very different. So oh, I know. And everyone's going to have a different opinion of what your case is too. So. Go back to your village and get a little bit of um, good legal advice mm. at the very start. You, you, a lot of family lawyers will offer you, you know, a a consultation over the phone or in person just you know, with that with a very low or even sometimes no cost to start things off and that just gives you a flavor as to where you might be looking at and then yeah. I, I would say it's worthwhile getting proper advice on the back of that yeah that might give you a flavor go and sit down write everything down prepare in detail w- what your position is and then get some detailed advice it'd be much yeah. more worthwhile 
I, you often say, don't you, that um, something's only worth what you're prepared to pay for it. So if you're getting absolutely free advice for hours and hours, you've got to wonder whether there's any That's real right. value in that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not not talking about the community legal centres, which do an excellent job. I just mean... Yeah, someone who's just, you know... Are they really just after the, the, the work? Are they trying to help you? Yeah. yeah. We're busy practitioners... And if you give well, us most a family lawyers brief. are most family lawyers are absolutely run off their feet at the moment. So yeah, is that post COVID? I don't know. I don't. I don't actually understand what it, what it is. I had a look the other day. I was checking out Social stats. Media. Um, I was checking out stats for something. I can't remember what I was doing now. Might have been for a blog or something. Thinking I've come up with some ideas, and I noticed that you know Brisbane has the highest filing. It it takes up like twenty three percent of all of Australia of all the wow. like filings and. Just the number of applications, applications for can, even By like filing, consent you, you mean filing at in court. a in a court, yeah. So applications for final orders, interim orders, consent orders. It takes out the gong in every single category. Wow. It doesn't matter across all the, like of all the cities. Like you know, you think about Sydney, Melbourne, the amount of people that are in Sydney yeah. and Melbourne. What is it about Southeast Queensland? Yeah, well, it is now the known as the divorce hub. It's the it's the divorce state. It's got the highest number of divorces, the highest number of applications filed. It's also got the the from what I've read is that the Brisbane um, registry's been doing well. They've also knocked a lot of those on its head and finalised um, a lot of them. But it's incredible. I wonder. I mean, this is mere speculation. If you yeah. drill down into those statistics, you might find that there's been obviously there's been a huge amount of interstate um, yeah transition uh, transition over, particularly the post COVID era and. Yeah. Sometimes people have moved themselves and their problem to another state, and the problem hasn't resolved. Well, that's right. <laughs> because it's, so it's interrelationship. Well, they say that the state. that the average rate, I think it's somewhere between forty three or forty four, up to about forty six, forty seven, is the age bracket for men and women, uh, women and men respectively, I should say, um, that are in the prime for their divorce. You know, their if divorce years. Divorced, if you're going to get divorced, the that's, that's the that's, that's the average age. Arbon Legal is proud to sponsor Split Happens. You'll be in safe hands with Arbon Legal. For all your family law needs, call us on 07 or visit our website at arbonlegal.com.au. Now, um, that age group, funnily enough, is the age group that often has know your youngish sort of kids or kids that are sort of like yes. grade school people mid-career yep, and mid sort of career. to the top of their careers so and they, that is also coincidentally the same group of back bracket of people who have come up from largely from victoria post-covid because they were tired of all the lockdowns and all the the bits and bo- like you know everything else that was going on and and just the expense and cost of living um, Sydney, Melbourne, and I read one time there was a, a phrase. It was draw. it was a phrase that they were using, and it was it was it wasn't Brexit, but it was something like that. And it was sort of saying it was like for the Sydney, Melbourne people because they couldn't afford to live, and you know it, it's just ridiculous. You think about pricing, and and so they all migrate up here, and then they, they still yeah. they still hate each other, so they just get divorced up here. So that's what it is. It's yeah. a, it's a whole bunch of sort of people that have moved in order to split up. I tell you what, that also leads us to. I know we're sort of getting a bit off point here, but it also leads to in parenting cases those relocation cases that are so unbeloved of us family lawyers, where we have to try and work our work with our clients through that 
you know, mum's in one state, dad's in the other state, where ought the kids be? And those are very difficult cases and all of those turn on their own facts. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I wouldn't dream of giving advice on a podcast. No. Anyway, let's go back to our you've separated scenario. Yep. So, and we're trying to keep people out of court with this conversation. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm going to say, try and stay away from things like social media. Oh, Don't yeah. get your advice from Professor Google. For goodness no. sake, take a step back from all of that. Don't buy into the poison. And don't say anything unpleasant that you wouldn't say in front of a judge or, uh, or in I, front of your mother later on. I read um, on on Facebook, there's a page that I follow, the Gold Coast community page, and sometimes it's quite funny. So sometimes there'll be someone who puts something very serious up there and you read it for the comments. <laughs> you know. And whatever you do, don't follow the advice of all these other people who are putting their two bobs worth in on Facebook. Everyone's an expert. Everyone is an expert. Oh, I've done this and my neighbour did this and my cousin did this. And, you know, um, your situation is going to be very different. But one of the things that you have to be very careful of um, is that with social media is that it's it's not temporary. It's no. It's permanent and you don't know who's seeing it. And you, you don't think know. it's deleted, but somebody screenshot that. And that's, yeah. But still, it's still on the server forever. That's right. So um, be careful what you say. Be careful what you post. Be careful um, what you're saying about your kids as well. You know, yeah, and. You don't want them to get dragged into any unpleasantness. No, They've done that's nothing for sure. wrong in all of this. So, and in the moment you change your status on Facebook from you know, in a relationship or married to it's complicated, you're going to get bombarded <laughs> with questions. So What's going on? Yeah. That's, I know, that's right. Well, I don't know really because I'm not, I'm not much of a user of, of the old... Um, oh, the, I'm the on Storebook 24-7. Uh, Facebook is a place to find out what's happening with children's football fixtures mainly for me. And I don't think my profile picture's changed in 10 years. So. Oh, see, I'm, I'm just full of all the selfies and... <laughs> Whatever oh, else, no. I don't. Yeah. Need, I don't need to know what a colleague I used to work with thirty years ago has had for breakfast that morning. It's 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 a very limited appeal. Yeah. But all I'm, I guess, I'm saying is, if you're going through this separation process, don't go posting anything. If you can't say anything nice, probably best not to say anything at yep, all. That's right. Think about um, not just. I mean, we have the law of defamation, and you don't want to go down that path. I assure you. Yeah. It's, it's, you just it's have to be very careful. Necessary. Just be pleasant if you wouldn't yep. say it out to somebody in public then don't say it on the on the message boards yeah right now sometimes relationships have that sort of that shadow which i alluded to a minute ago of domestic violence mm-hmm. or some kind of an imbalance of power between people yep. so our message is always going to be if there are any elements that of, of safety for you or the children that's your priority the number one priority Money is just money, property is just property, but you can't be replaced and your children can't be replaced. So yeah. if you're fearful at all, you know, the police are there for issues of safety when it's a direct threat. Otherwise, you know, there's, um, we have DV Connect here in Queensland and I would thoroughly recommend that you give them a call if you're worried about that. Yep. Now, come back to our property settlement couple. Mm, okay, yep. Big piece of advice and sometimes it doesn't go in the first occasion it might take a f- it might take a couple of solicitors bills before the message sinks in yeah which is be commercial oh good luck with that one yeah i i, I, I you still are dealing with emotionally charged people with in a heightened state of anxiety who are at the worst time of their lives i love it when i sit there um and uh there's a mediator in particular who always talks about these you know, trying to keep the emotions out of the room and all that. And I, as a me, I do the same thing and I try my hardest. But it's impossible. But you look at your client and you go, they are not 
listening to one word I say, they are still emotionally driven. They're not going to give me one inch. Um, They're not changing from their positions. Oh, my goodness. Um, I get it, people. I do. But at the end of the day, it is only money and you will make it back and you will have your freedom and you'll have you'll just you'll have that time that you don't have to worry, you don't have to lay at night going, Oh, I wonder what he's thinking or what she's gonna do next or oh, you've yeah. moved on. You it, you're starting that new chapter. It's exciting, it's a good time. So you just that's need my to get message your, your in old that life regard. Wrapped up as quickly as possible. Bloody really. be commercial, I tell you what. Be realistic. It's, it's um it's very difficult to get through to people and we we can only guide our clients. We can't you know, you can't just hold their head in and sort of go, right, come on, yeah. and, and as a make po- this offer. As a pointer for somebody who's who's not using lawyers because we're trying to keep them away from yeah. expense is just put yourself in the other person's shoes for mm. a while. Look at the universe through their eyes and have an idea as to what they might need. Why why it might be that they're hanging on desperately to the idea of the house. Maybe they're going to be the primary care of the kids because you work away. Who knows? And they're, f- they're afraid. And fear is usually a big driver in these things. But I do think it's helpful to try and think, well, what does the other person want here? Yeah. And you should try and do that. It's very difficult. I get that because you're angry with them. There could be some all sorts of unpleasant reasons. There's another trick too. If you've got kids, think about it from their perspective. Think about it, how they how they are looking at this whole issue. Are they looking at it from the perspective of oh god, my parents hate each other? You know, they can never get along. They can't see. You know, they'll they'll never be able to. Everything's uncomfortable for them. They they will have anxieties themselves. They'll worry. They'll they'll stress. Think about it from their perspective. If you remove all that worry and that stress for them by just simply being courteous, being commercial, all these things, you're actually doing your kids a favour. If you look at it from your kids' perspective, not your own, mm. you're a parent now, you're an adult, you're just do yeah. the right thing. So be thing. a grown-up. Be a grown-up, yeah. that's right. Whatever you do, don't involve them in it. No. That's God desperately almighty. unfair. It's desperately unfair on them. So, anyway. Yeah, good good advice, generally, mm. that is. All right. So you may end up in a negotiation, though, with your ex. Yep. And it isn't quite over the line. It's just just these couple of things you can't agree on. Mediation. Mm-hmm. Really, don't don't rush off to court. Say that's nope. it. Can't do it. You should always try and fix it yourselves. And the best way to do that, if you can't do it directly, is to use a mediation yep. service. Now, you can either contact a family lawyer who will arrange that for you, or you can contact somebody like Relationships Australia. Or there are plenty of mediation services that are popping up now where they're doing it directly. You don't have to take a lawyer in with you. Can, nope. be, can be helpful if you do, if it's a complicated case, so that they can draw the documents up for you there and then. But you can have your settlement documents prepared later. Mm. If you get an agreement at mediation and you both walk away and you've signed up yep. this agreement, go off and one of you instructs a lawyer, you might agree to share the cost of fixing that up. But yep. I, I would, I mean, I would say this, wouldn't I, because I'm a legal practitioner, but there is some benefit in having a professional draft up the documents yep. for you. Yeah. And well, that doesn't mean going to court. It just means getting the thing done in a very detailed way. And lots sense. of lawyers do fixed fees and things yeah. like that. So you can actually know you've got some certainty. Um, if you're going to do a consent order, for example, remembering a consent order has to have the, the approval from the court. So if you're going to do that, it's really important that the orders are drafted in a way that the court is most likely going to approve them. If it's just been done, and this is no disrespect to anyone out there, but... You know, the courts have their way of drafting, of 
of putting out orders and and um, people have their own way of drafting them mm. and often the two don't meet up. Well, so of course, the just peop- got to be careful. The people that are making the orders ultimately would be the registrars that are looking at these things on yep. paper and they are all lawyers. Yeah. So they are expecting it to be in a lawyerly expression. Yeah. It doesn't mean it has to be massively complicated, but it does need to be coherent. It does need to be properly drafted. And enforceable. And enforceable. And look, Again, I would say it's generally a good idea that a professional drafts those mm. orders for you. Not always. I have seen some well-drafted ones. Yeah. Uh, but I have also seen the ones that have been cut and pasted from, obviously, friends or neighbours or brothers or cousins, other court cases. And <laughs> there are provisions in orders that have nothing to do with yep. what's going on. And you think, that needs to be chopped out. Yeah. So you can do it yourself, but I would generally recommend engaging a, you know, a private lawyer that you trust to do that for you. Then you've got your your outcome. You've, you've got your settled outcome. You've got your orders made. The next step <laughs> sounds simple, but you've got to implement them. Yeah. You've got to actually put the, the you know the deal into motion, and yeah. that's that's usually the point at time when you should already have been go back to your village. You'll have been talking to your mortgage broker, your financial mm-hmm. advisor, your banker, your accountant, making sure that whatever deal you're going to write down and be bound by, you're capable of fulfilling. Yep. So you should make sure that you know what your borrowing capacity is before you go and agree. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay you out and I'll pay, I'll pay off the mortgage and I'll pay you out. Only then to find out that within the 60 days you've got to do that, you can't Don't. raise the money. That's right. It happens a lot. It does. Or you could be in a situation where you need to get a conveyancer to sort out the transfers. <laughs> because it's all Pixar. Or Pixar? Pixar? Pixar. Pixar. There you go. Yeah. Obviously, I do nothing. Have nothing to do with conveyancing because I'm still calling the Pixar. That's that's you, the you cartoons, got, isn't it? I was going to say. Whereas you, you do still have quite a lot to do with Pixar animation. Yeah, with, with that's the movies right. That you be watching with your kids. <laughs> yeah, but no, uh, Pe- Pixar. It's so, all online. But again, getting your ducks in a row beforehand so that you're having your, your conveyances are set up. Yep. You've got your mortgage refinance in place, ready to go, or. If you're going to be the person receiving the money, you've got some advice around what you should do. What's your plan? Are you going to put that down as a deposit? Have you been looking? Are you going to take some time time away? Are you going to move into the rental market for a bit? Whatever you do, but have a plan. Yeah, it, you'll find it, it. It'll be a release from thinking about the emotional side of things if you're making like almost a business plan of your financial future. Yep. And I suppose the last thing I'd say is you're going to be moving off into that sort of that that new blue yonder you, mm. and. You might want to make sure that you've covered your estate plans too. So yeah, that's, that's a updating that's a big your, one. updating your wills, your enduring powers of attorney, attorney, things like that. So yep. that's not for us as mere sort of humble jobbing family lawyers, but although we do practice in those areas too, but something to do at the end of uh, of your resolution. So look, that's maybe something of an overview of a pathway to keep away from court. Mm. Uh, we will do another episode, I think, which will deal with well, what happens if you can't keep out of court and and how does that all go but for today um, thank you very much for listening to Split Happens the Divorce Down Under podcast with me Alex and my colleague Liza thank you thanks for listening to Split Happens the Divorce Down Under podcast if you want to hear more of our episodes you'll find us wherever you find your podcasts on all good podcasts